Um, you know, we can easily be overwhelmed with the responsibilities and concerns of fatherhood. But our text this morning gives us three simple directions that make for a great dad and that Christian dads really ought to make as a focus in their lives. So first of all, the Christian dad focuses on encouraging his children. Each of you as a father deals with his own children, verse said, encouraging. You know, I, I just have celebrated um, family vacation a couple of weeks ago with my kids and all three of our, our children, Elka and my uh, uh, two sons and daughter were under the same roof for the first time for days in a row. For, it, it's the first time in 16 years we were all under the same roof and not only were they there but their spouses were there and the grandkids that we had. And it was wonderful to see how that my two boys who have given us grandkids are, I think, already better fathers than I was. I thank God for grace and mercy in that. You know, um, it's just awesome to see. As a matter of fact, sometime today, I want to text my kids and tell them that the greatest Father's Day gift they ever gave me is them. How they love God how they're serving God, how they're doing their best to love their wife or their husband, whatever case it may be with them. And what an incredible gift. I just want to encourage them today. And so, you know, dads, whether your kids are at home or grown, you can take this and be an encourager. And, you know, we ought to encourage our kids equally. We can see in the Word of God where... Um, you know, this got some of the great patriarchs in trouble. Uh, did you know, Dad, that your children, again, whether they're still at home or whether they've, they've moved out and they're on their own, they crave your encouragement. I can't tell you uh, how much it meant to me to go and visit my dad after I began to live in other states and other cities, and he, he would just encourage me. You know, Dad, you have an opportunity to take and do a powerful thing in your kid's life by encouraging them. They have a powerful hunger within them that they desire their dad to encourage them. So don't neglect or abuse this powerful tool and position that God has put in your hand. Uh, cautiously and graciously encourage them equally. Do, do you remember that Jacob uh, created dysfunction in his family because of his obvious favoritism to Joseph? Remember how it talks about in Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 through 4, how Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons. And not only did he lo love these sons more, he was obvious in it. They saw it. And uh, when his brothers saw that their father favored him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to Joseph. So I, I want us to think about not only the fact that this created dysfunction and pain for these siblings together, 
But it dawned on me as I was studying for this message that Joseph was the source of great heartache and pain almost all of his life. Because what he caused there caused his sons to act in a way that, you know, they, they tried to kill him, they sold him into slavery, all of that. And then Joseph thought that his son was dead for decades and had such heartache and pain, all because he showed favoritism and wasn't equal in his encouragement of his sons. So Christian fathers, I call us to a place to encourage our sons and our daughters equally. Not only encourage them uh, that way, but verbally and physically. You, you know, as I look at 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. You know, it's amazing to me how we can think about that we need to do this with the body of Christ, but we don't translate it to our own family. We don't think about that we need to encourage our husband or our wife or our sons and our daughters. And specifically as we're dads, we can be so focused on being breadwinners and, and, and the, the stuff we need to do that we don't realize the power of this. You know, we ought to discover what our, our child's love language is. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying there, but somebody has written a book called Five Love Languages, and they've, they, they've looked at and seen that each of us has a different need. Maybe it may be words of affirmation, or maybe it's gifts, or as we've seen, one of the big things that transcends all of it is time with people. So figure out what the love language is, whether it's an act of service or and that, and Give that encouragement to your child. Um, you know, in southern Africa, there's a tribe that has this fascinating procedure for combating feelings of rejection. And I'm, I'm relating this to encouragement. Each person in the tribe, when they act irresponsibly or unjustly, that person is then taken to the very center of the village. They bring this person to the center of the village, and then they call the rest of the village to surround the person. Now, as I read about this, I was thinking, oh, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna tell them what for as they bring them to the center of this village. But that's not the case at all. Everyone in the village stops work and gathers in a large circle around the accused, and in turn, each person in the tribe, regardless of age, speaks to the individual, recounting aloud the good things that this person has done in their life. All the positive incidents in the person's life, plus the good attributes, the strengths, the kindnesses, are recalled with accurate detail. Not one word about the irresponsibility or antisocial behavior is shared. The ceremony, which at times can last for days, it said, isn't complete until every positive expression has been shared with the assembly. At the conclusion of the ceremony, the person is welcomed back into the tribe. Can you imagine the flood of feelings during the tribe's welcoming? Can you imagine the extent of acceptance that this encouragement makes? Can you imagine um, how you would feel? You're going to remember what you did because that's why you're there. But you're also going to remember, okay, you messed up. But remember, here are the good things. 
affirmation and encouragement. Yes, Dad, let me tell you, you should discipline and bring correction, but make sure that you affirm and you encourage your child as well. Secondly, the text tells us that a Christian father focuses on comforting his children. The apostle writes and says, as each of you as a father deals with his own children, comforting. Now, the idea of comforting at least implies two parties, doesn't it? There's the one who gives the comfort, and there's the one who receives it. It also implies a need. And, and we see in this story, the story of the prodigal and the older brother. I, I want to get you to think about that for a moment. As we talk about encouraging equally, comfort equally. You know, um, the older brother in Luke 15, 31, and the story of the prodigal, the father has to come out to him because he's just really upset because it seems like, to him anyway, his feelings are, is that the father values the prodigal who has spent all of his money and lived uh, wickedly instead of him. And the father says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Now, I don't know about you, but I guess in the culture that I grew up in, in the home I grew up in, I tended to think about comfort in the family being Elka's role, the mother's role, and not the father's role. You know, I thought in my role as, as a dad is you fell down, come on, brush it off, you know, keep going. And there are times for that. But we see in this scripture that the scripture, God's word, says that dads have a role in comforting as well. They have a role to play in comforting their children. And after the younger prodigal came home, this older prodigal needed reassurance and comfort from the dad. And so we need to, as Christian fathers, equally comfort our kids and appropriately comfort them. At 2 Corinthians 7, 6 through 7, it says, But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you have given him. I can't tell you what appropriate comfort to your child, your son, or your daughter is, but I believe if you'll seek God, he will tell you what the appropriate comfort ought to be. And he will bring that comfort to you, that idea to you as you seek him for that. You know, we honor our kids and, and we comfort them. Writer Max Licato tells about a dad named Lee Lepp. Now, Lee is a retired firefighter, a retired New York City firefighter. He gave 26 years to the city, but on September 11th, 2011, I'm sorry, 2001, he gave much more. Lee gave his son. Jonathan Lepp was a fireman as well, and when the Twin Towers fell, Lee's son, Jonathan, was there. As you know, even our media uh, helps us to realize this over and over again, firemen and policemen are a very loyal clan. It's the brotherhood. I mean, they're, 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 gonna, they're, they're like Marines, no one left behind. 
When one perishes in the line of duty, the body is left there until a firefighter, you might not have known this though, the appropriate comfort and honor is this, the body is left where it is until a firefighter who knows that person, not just by name, but has a relationship with that person, can come and quiet, quietly and literally pick the body up and carry it out. Lee made the discovery of his son's body his personal mission. He dug with dozens of others on that 16-acre graveyard at the Twin Towers when they fell. On Tuesday, December 11th, three months after the disaster, his son was found and Lee walked in and carried out the body of his son, bringing honor and comfort to the family as he carried him out. God will give you grace to walk in. God will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to help bring comfort to your kids, Dad. Don't neglect encouraging and don't neglect comforting. Thirdly and finally this morning, the text reveals that Christian fathers should focus on urging their children. It says, each of you as a father deals with his own children, urging. Now, the text says urging, and it's, it, as it finishes out there, it says, urging to live lives worthy of God. You know, urging is just uh, another way of saying, boy, here's what you need to do. And it's teaching, and it's modeling, and there's so many things in that. So the Christian father, he urges or teaches or models to his children to live a life worthy of God. I'm reminded that Paul instructed his spiritual son, Titus, um, and he says, For the grace of God brings salvation, has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So a part of urging them is to, and to live worthy is to be self-controlled. You know, in this day and age that we live in, it seems like we need more of this than ever before. It seems like people have lost control. They've lost control on our highways. They've lost control in their homes. They've, 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 they've lost control in the school. We, we need you, Dad. Uh, they need us to step up and teach our kids by the power of the Holy Spirit this self-control. Did you ever think about how fathers play, play, literally play with their kids as they're growing up, different than mothers with their children. You know, fathers tickle more than their children. They wrestle more than their children. They throw their children in the air while mother says, not so high, not so high. We used to do a thing, you know, when Elka would, would be gone and it was just me at home with the three kids and, and they were... They were um, well, I don't remember what their ages were. They could have been probably from, from four to, to nine or something like that. Um, and I never gave it a, a name, but I came to find out later my kids called it foot wrestle. 
So, you know, they try to get away from me, and I, three of them, and you only got two arms, and you, you try to gather them together in that. And, and the, the whole thing was is, is that uh, they had to crawl to get away from me. They couldn't run away, they, but times they broke the rule. You know, they'd get up and try to run away. But I grab a hold of their legs, and I just drag them in the family room back. And then the other one would get away, and I grab the other one and get them back, you know. And, and we would roughhouse. Moms don't do that. But I, I want to tell you, that's, that's really a part of this, this whole idea of being self-controlled. Fathers chase their children, sometimes even play scary monsters. The claw, remember that? The claw is going to get you. My granddaughters, I, I, I remember playing with them, you know. You, you have to chase me and catch me, you know, and, and just love that and laugh about that. Fathering expert John Snary explains that children who roughhouse with their fathers learn self-control. They learn that biting and kicking and other forms of violence are not acceptable. They learn self-control by being told when enough is enough and when to settle down. Girls and boys both learn a healthy balance between timidity and aggression. God has given us a role of teaching self-control to our kids, dads. Finally, this scripture talks about that this is all about urging them to practice godly character. Titus 2, 12 that we looked at said, upright and godly lives in this present age. They're going to shine brighter in this present age. Dad, I want to tell you that no matter how old your kids are or how old you are, they'll never stop looking. Dad, fathers, God created you with a high and noble purpose to leave a legacy. To do this as this video has said and some others that we showed you don't have to be perfect and it's a good thing because we can't just stand together with me please Ernest Hemingway wrote a short story called capital of the world Hemingway told the story of a father and his teenage son the son had sinned against the father, and in his shame, he ran away from home. The father searched all over Spain for him, but he still couldn't find the boy. Finally, an idea struck the dad, and um, in the city of Madrid, in his last desperate attempt to reconnect with his son, the father placed an ad in that Madrid daily newspaper. The ad read, Paco, meet at Hotel Montana noon Tuesday. All is forgiven, Papa. Father had no idea whether his son would show up or not, and he prayed that maybe the boy would see the ad and that 
maybe, just maybe, he would come to Hotel Montana. On Tuesday at noon, the father and Ernest Hemingway's story arrived at Hotel Montana, and he could not believe his eyes. A squadron of police officers had been called out to keep order as 800 Pacos. Young boys who were named Paco had come to meet their father in front of Hotel Montana. Every child has a hunger within them for the love of the father for the acceptance of their father, for the encouragement of their father, for the comfort of their father, for the direction from their father. They came because they wanted to be restored to the father. There's two groups of people I want to talk to today. Maybe your father's already gone. Maybe your father's still alive and you are disfranchised with your dad. There's a rift between you. I want to tell you today that God can help you to bring restoration in that relationship. And if they're gone already, I want to tell you God can help you to bring forgiveness in your heart towards that hurt. I want to pray for people today who you're hurting, you've been hurt in some way or another by your father. And then I want to pray for every dad that you would take this word and become an encourager and a comforter and an urger for your children to leave this godly legacy. <laughs> Hear me this morning. Your main name, I don't think there's anybody here that's named Paco, but I want to tell you it's no accident that you're here today. As a matter of fact, you may know it, not know it, but God gave you an invitation and an urging and a drawing of the Holy Spirit this morning. He said, in essence, would you meet me at Abundant Life this morning? I have a word for you, and I want to touch your heart and transform you.